Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, both in the natural and the spiritual. Uh, you know, I was just, we were just talking this morning about, you know, Jesus never actually had any kids, birthed any children, but yet he represented the Father. And, um, and so there's people out there, you know, we get to rep represent God. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning in a roundabout way. But um, I, I want to take you a little bit on a journey, I guess, of my last few weeks of thought process and, uh, and just even how I came to arriving at what I'm going to share on this morning. Um, about two weeks ago, I, I, I thought oh, I'm going to I want to teach on healing in the atonement and go through Isaiah 53 and um, some of the passages of scripture in that and, and how it's, it's God's will to heal and it's um, his desire for us to be well and um, some hindrances to that actually was what I was going to share on and I'll do that in another day. But then a couple of, a few days ago I was chatting with um, Lise and, um, and she, we were just talking about mothers and fathers in the faith and different things like that. And so I was, I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about that being Father's Day, you know. And, and then uh, I, Thursday night, I, you know, and we're in this, um, we're in this season that we're in where um, there's a lot of swirl around in the atmosphere, in the, in the air, in the, um, you know, on the media and different things. And it it's, can get to you. And it can, it can, you know, what you give attention to will grow in your life. And um, I was having, a, if I was going to be honest, I was having a couple of days where I, I was, um, I was frustrated. I was frustrated at um, at certain issues, at certain things. I was frustrated for our kids um, not being able to go to a playground. I was um, frustrated at uh, single people being locked in their home. I was frustrated about people not being able to see their, their parents, um, their loved ones, um, frustrated at people losing their jobs, um, financial hardship, um, the sick, the, corona, the, the virus itself, um, you know, and I was, I was just frustrated. I, was, I could feel uh, the weight of it and, and uh, Shen and I had a, you know, we had just conversation about it and we were just talking about different things. And that night I couldn't sleep. I was just wrestling with some things in my mind and I thought, you know, I just need it. I need to take this to the Lord. And so this was Thursday night and I, it was about 1am and I was up and I was, I was, um, I was just praying and um, the Lord just, and I haven't had an encounter like this for a while. I was probably overdue, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and the Lord just began to minister to me in a profound way and I was, I was telling uh, Danny and Sam the other day and and um, and he he just said this phrase he said son and I was I was just taken back by it and I was like wow you know he called me son and you know I know I'm a son I know I'm loved and I know I'm um, adored by my father and but he called me son and he said, I've got this. Just this simple phrase. And he said, just come and embrace me. And, and I, I just let the spirit of God begin to minister to me. And he just ministered to me. And he just comforted me. And I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic, pretty half glass, three quarter glass kind of full, full glass kind of guy. And, and so, you know, this is, was a rare moment for me. But I, I want to be vulnerable and, and share that and just say, hey, I was, I was letting this get to me. And then the father just began to minister to me. And he just, and I just let him. I just let him for about an hour. And I didn't get to bed till two. But, you know, I, was, I just let God just minister to my spirit and minister to my worry and my need and, you know, and things that were going on in my mind. And the Bible says, you know, that we're at war in our mind, you know, um, Peter rebuked Jesus for, for wanting to go to the cross, and then Jesus rebukes Peter for thinking uh, like the devil. <laughs> Gets, get behind me, Satan. Your mind is not set on the things of God, but set on the things of man. And when our mind is set on purely the flesh and purely the things of man, it is at enmity and at war with God. And, but when our mind is renewed, our, our, the, the renewed mind proves the will of God. 
And so what our mind gives attention to and gives focus to um, is important because it renews our spirit, renews our life. And the renewed mind is, is what enables the person to think um, with, with um, that clear conscience, you know, that Paul talks about. He says, oh, we have a clear conscience and a sound mind and a sincere faith and a brotherly love. And so, um, and it just got me thinking about uh, us as a community and us as a people and that Jesus came to reveal the Father. And more than that, though, he came uh, that we would know God <laughs> intimately. And I want to read a couple of bits of scripture this morning. 2 Peter 1 is where we're going to start. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, um, go with t- to 2 Peter 1. And, um, and we're going to start there. And we're going to jump around a little bit. We've got about three or four passages of scripture that I'd love to, to walk us through. But, you know, Paul prays this prayer in Ephesians. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you would know the hope in which you've been called into. And... My prayer this morning, if you're watching uh, and you don't know the Lord, is that you would come into a place where you know God. There is, a certain, there is this certainty right now in our world. Everyone will die at some point in their life. That is 100, 10 out of 10 people that'll happen to. <laughs> and there is also another certainty. You can die knowing God or you can die not knowing God. And... My prayer, my heart is that we would have a certainty of not just that we know about him, but that we actually know him intimately, that we are intimately acquainted with his spirit. Jesus said, it's better for me to leave because when I do, I'm going to send one that is exactly like me to come and dwell in you called Holy Spirit. And uh, and so... um, that's my prayer. My prayer this morning, and, and let me just pray, and I, and I want to take us, I feel like this morning, and this is what I felt the Lord begin to speak to me about, is I feel like people are due for an encounter with God. People are, are longing to have an encounter with his presence. And, uh, and Jesus, I'm going to read a scripture in a second, but Jesus had, he, he sent the word, even when he was uh, locationally not in, in the vicinity, in the presence uh, with, the, with the woman who came to him with a demonized uh, child, he sent the word and she, the demon left and she was made well. And the same principle, I believe, can apply that, we, that, that God's going to actually release an encounter for people this morning. Because as I said a couple of weeks ago, he's not in the business of social distancing. He's not in the business of being far. He wants to draw near and he wants to come close. And he wants you to, as much as you want to encounter him, he wants to encounter you. Uh, One of the most scariest verses in the Bible uh, is where he says, get away from me, I never knew you. That's one of the most frightening verses in a good way. (laughs) That should, you know, the healthy fear of the Lord should just snap us right into place there where it's, he wants to know us. He wants to have relationship, connection, and communion with us. And another, another verse that is just a sobering verse is, is, is in, um, I think it's Luke 18. He says, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? And that word faith is the word trust. When I return, will I find a bunch of people who actually believe who I say that I am and actually know me and actually are in relationship with me? And so that's my prayer. My prayer this morning is that we would encounter God. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for, for your, your presence right now, that what you do for me, you do for others, God. God, I release your presence right now in people's homes, that we would pause right now. Whatever we're doing, we would pause and we would turn our gaze and our attention to you, Father. I pray I release the presence of God right now, your spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit would just come and convict people of their righteousness, would come and encounter people, God. I pray, I release your presence of the, of the mind, that the mind of Christ would be renewed right now. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. God, that we'd be partakers of your divine nature, that we'd be in union with you, in Jesus' name. 
2 Peter 1 verse 3 says this, His divine power had granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Wow. You and I are partakers of the divine nature. This is profound. Um, Turn with me to Mark 7. And um, this is the story of the Syrophoenician woman. And I I was going to use this as a demonstrate. Which camera are we in, by the way? The middle one? Um, and from uh, verse 24, uh, this, this is a really profound passage. and The Lord's been speaking to me from this. But, and from there, there arose and went away to a region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now, this is a Canaanite woman. Um, also, at that time when Jesus came, it was known as um, Syrophoenician, or Syro, yeah, Syrophoenician woman. Came and fell down at his feet. Now, a woman was, at, uh, was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast a demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This is our saviour Jesus, right? <laughs> but she answered him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your, demon, your, your way. The demon has left your daughter and she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. I was been studying this, this passage around and and, and how Jesus, I'm like, man, that's intense. Jesus called her a dog. You know, that's intense. But um, at the time, the Canaanites believed a number of different um, belief systems and had a number of different gods that they believed in and were um, giving themselves over to. And, uh, and here Jesus says, um, uh, and he said to her, let the children be fed first, talking, of, talking about Israel, uh, uh, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Jesus was known as the bread of life, right? He's known as the bread of life. And John seven thirty seven says, uh, actually, we're going to read that because I want to. I want to read that verse because I think it's actually uh, uh, ties in really well with this. So John seven thirty seven. We'll come back to finishing that story. Uh, it says this. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were not to receive. uh, In him were believed in him were to receive. Sorry. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Right. So, and you know, we know the woman at the well where Jesus says, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a drink because I have living water. That water will run, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of me, you'll have living water, right? And, and so that's the spirit on which he's talking about, that we drink and that we eat of the bread of life and of the spirit of life. And he says, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood, <laughs> right? And that's why many left because they thought he was talking about being a blood-sucking cannibal. Uh, and so it's like, it, no, that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about that 2 Peter 1, that we become partakers of him, that we actually partake of the body of Christ and of the spirit of Christ, that we eat his flesh and we drink his blood, right? I'm, I'm not talking about literally. And here, this Syrophoenician woman says, uh, he says, let the children be fed first right, and thrown to the dogs. Well, what Jesus was saying in context is dogs will eat any type of meat. It doesn't matter what they're given. They'll eat it all. You believe, he said, if, if, if I give you this bread, you're going to just add it to God, to your gods, and you're going to believe this doctrine and this doctrine and this doctrine, and, and I'll just be another one of the meat 
that you have been given, and I'll just be another one. And, she, and listen to what she says. She says, yes, Lord. What's she doing? She's changed her. She's, she's saying, I'm not believing all of these. I'm changing my perspective. You're Lord. You're the one Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way, your faith. He addresses her faith. I think it's in Matthew 13. He says, I left your daughter and she went home and found the child lying in the bed. Demon gone. What's my point? My point is her faith went from eating any type of different meats and any type of food to eating the one food that can satisfy your soul and satisfy your spirit, which was the bread of life. And he recognized that. He says, your faith has come into alignment with truth, with singular truth. Because he said, this has been reserved for the children of Israel first, right? Because they, they believe in one God, right? He, he's addressing our belief system that becomes singular focused rather than taking from this and taking from this and taking from the ways of the world and the ways that the world that seem right to a man, they lead to death. But the, the mindset on the things of God brings life, brings fruit, brings, um, we've been given everything we need for, to be partakers of his divine nature, right? This is, this is what we call communion, <laughs> that we partakers of him, that we actually know God. This is eternal life. John 17, 3 says this, um, And this, verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Wow. This is eternal life. Now, where's eternal life written? On the hearts of man. So eternity is knowing God. Knowing him. Um, in Genesis 4, I think, verse 2, it says, And Adam knew Eve, and they bore Cain. Right? That wasn't like Adam had a, um, a theological or, or, or a um, contractual idea of who Eve was, and then they had a child. <laughs> right? It wasn't like he was like, well, I can quote, uh, I can quote a lots, lots of scripture to you, and because of that, I know God. I know Eve. No, he wasn't like, well, I can, I can quote our wedding vows to you and because of that, I know you. No, it's, it, that word no is, is yada. It's, it's the word yada or yad. It's probably yada is probably how you, uh, Jalil, sorry if I butchered that. But um, it, it's, it's, the word is to know intimately by experience. It, it's, it's intimacy. In, into me you see, as people say. It's intimacy with God. It's, it's revealing your heart in a way that you allow him. And this is what happened to me on Thursday night. Because, you know, I, um, if anyone has a rental property, the uh, landlord of that property can't just come into your home and, be, um, and, and just barge on in, right? Uh, they have to be, they have to knock, they have to be invited in to come. And God is, is the landlord, so to speak, in this analogy. And he won't, he, won't, he won't impose himself on him because love doesn't seek its own. Love is an invitation. Love is not self-seeking. It doesn't seek its own. Love is, is a choice. God is love. And perfect love casts out a little bit of fear. No, perfect love casts out all fear. And when we have an encounter with the love of God, with his love, with his perfect love, it casts out all fear. But I don't want to know just, uh, just intellectually about or contractually about the love of God. I can quote probably most scriptures about the love of God, and so can you, but it's, it's, I don't want to know it just contractually. I want to experience the love of God. Now, my experience doesn't dictate truth. Truth dictates my experience, right? But we were meant to encounter his presence. We were meant to be partakers of his divine nature. We were, we're, meant, we're designed for encountering his love on a daily basis. 
They're not just one-time mountaintop experiences. And I'm not talking about just like, the, you know, the glory cloud and the angel feathers and the, the presence of God. I'm talking about that we start to learn how to let the Spirit of God actually minister to us and let His presence actually be in us and with us in a way. And I know people say, well, Liam, if you invite Him in, doesn't he, isn't he in us and he never leaves us nor forsakes us? Yes, absolutely. But I can be present in the room with my wife and we can both be on our phones and we're in the same room, but we never actually interact with each other. I'm married to my wife. I'm in a contract. I'm in an agreement. I'm in a relationship with my wife. And we are one spirit. We two become one. We're one spirit. We're one, you know, we're one, Right? But I could spend the rest of my life, oh, I just feel the glory on that. I can spend the rest of my life never, ever engaging in intimacy with her. And I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about um, knowing her, knowing her heart, being vulnerable with each other, having encounters with each other, um, you know, enjoying each other's company. Wow. Do you know that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. And I, I believe this, and um, <laughs> um, many people like Jesus. They, they, like, they can see the sacrifice. Wow, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus was incredible. And he did this sacrifice, and he lived this pure life, and he was our sacrifice. And, so that we can come in a right relationship with God. And they, they see Jesus and they can relate. They, they appreciate. There's honor. There's value. There's, wow, no, surely no one would ever die for a righteous man. Yet while we were sinners, Jesus died. Like they, there's a, a, a revelation and an understanding of that, I believe, that's, that's valuable in the body of Christ. And, and a lot of people can, uh, and have a, an idea of God but I feel like often there's this disconnect between the Holy Spirit as, as a father and God the Father that we're supposed to encounter in that way. Romans talks about all three of them, that the Father's yearning and growing, groaning for us to be revealed as sons and daughters of God. We're crying, Abba, Father, into, the, into his presence. And then the Holy Spirit is interceding for us and Jesus is interceding for us uh, with, with you know, words that cannot be uttered. And it's like, okay, so there's this, there's this, often I feel like there's this disconnect from who God is. And I believe one of the hindrances, and I'm going to address it this morning, and I, I don't have time to unpack it in its fullest um, theological thing. So you're just going to have to um, bear with me. But if we go to Psalm 22, Psalm 22, because I feel like this is one of the hindrances. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 actually says this, and, and uh, actually we'll go there, 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, and then Psalm 22. And I want to address something because I believe people are going to have encounters with the Lord um, today. And I believe that people are going to just encounter his love, a father's love. Verse 19, it says that, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says that this, in Christ, God, right? In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. How did he do it? In Christ, God, so God was with him. John 17, if you read John 17, it's just, I mean, profound. I mean, listen to this. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them, Jesus says. I am praying, not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours." All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I'm glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you've given me. I guarded them and not one of them was lost, 
lost except the son of destruction, Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. We're not going to talk about that for now. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the, in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the word is, world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Wow. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Wow. Father, in me and I in you, they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 2 Corinthians 5. 19. How was he reconciling the world in God, in Christ? So you have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Dove that's resting upon Jesus and the Spirit of God. So you have all of the Trinity. Do you know God, um, Jesus Christ was in agreement, and so was Holy Spirit, was in agreement with God, the Father, before the foundation of the world that there was no other way to reconcile humanity back to the Father. They were in agreement. There wasn't disunity. Otherwise, you have a house divided. So God, Jesus, and the Father were in relationship. And you and I are created in the image of God. We're not created to be workers in a factory. We're created to be a family who actually know their Father who actually experience, who yada their father. I mean, look at the analogies. We're the bride of Christ. Sorry, boys. <laughs> you're the bride of Christ. Girls, you're sons of God. <laughs> so if I'm a son, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm the bride, you can be a son, right? <laughs> no, but it's, it's we're the bride of Christ. We, are, we become compatible. Um, I've often used this picture uh, if I, I, I am a father, if I was a father of a son, I've got three daughters, but if I had a son, I would want my daughter-in-law to be compatible and equally yoked uh, for my son, same way I want that for my daughters, that I would want the best person, the best, I would want the best for them. God the Father's the same. <laughs> Listen to this, though, and then we, we're going to have a couple of closing thoughts. <clears throat> God was in Christ reconciling the world. Many people have said that God turned his back on Jesus on the cross because Jesus quotes Psalm 22 that says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Jewish culture, if someone quoted the very first phrase of a psalm, which they knew, it meant that they were quoting the whole psalm. So they weren't just quoting a portion, they were quoting the whole passage of scripture. Now, with that in mind, I want you to end 2 Corinthians 5.19, that God was in him, in him reconciling the world. Because what God, Jesus was not, Jesus was not um, paying the devil money for us to be in right relationship with God. That's not what the sacrifice on the cross was. It was an atonement for sin, right? The wages of sin is death. And while we were yet sinners, Jesus died on the cross, right? Hopefully you're tracking with me, okay? So, and it wasn't an appeasement of the Father to um, come down and smite us. Now, sin... It, it is, God is a judge. He has the right to judge, and he does. And there will be a day when we will stand before him and he'll judge the goat from the sheep. That, that, that will happen, right? But if we take the shadows and types of the Mosaic Covenant, it was always a food offering and a sacrifice in faith to be in relationship with God, not to keep God at a distance, Right? <laughs> so here, so, so if I can explain it this way, Jesus dying on the cross as a sacrificial lamb was 
a man making a covenant agreement with God because of his sacrifice for all eternity that God and man can be reconciled in a thing called the new covenant. Right? There is a new covenant now that has been made. If you look at the shadows and types of like Isaac, um, all of these things, it wasn't to appease God. It was to make a covenantal agreement with God and man. Right? I hope that makes sense. So, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry day. This is Psalm 22. Oh my God, I cry day, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In, in you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, in you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, this is obviously David talking, right? I am not a man um, scorned, uh, sorry, I'm not a man, worm, not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. All who see me mock me and they make mouths at me. They wait, wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. Yet you who are he who took me from the womb, you made me trust you at my mother's breasts and you on you was I cast from my birth and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none, none to help. Many bulls uh, encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan sur surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravaging and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my, all my bones are out of joint. Remember when Jesus got pierced in the side, water came out, right? So I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. Potsherd? I don't know what that is. And my tongue sticks to my jaw. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. I mean, this is thousands of years before Christ pretty accurate and for my clothing they cast lots now listen to this because this is the whole member member jewish culture if they quoted one thing they're quoting the whole psalm so here we have a picture where it seems like god has turned his back on jesus but listen to what it says but you O lord do not be far off you my help come quickly to my aid Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All your offspring, Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. Your offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him but has heard when he cried to him. I'll read it again. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I'll perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before you for kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told to the Lord, the coming generation, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to people yet unborn that he has done it. What's my point? My point is the Lord and the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit were one. They're not divided on this. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. <laughs> I just wrote this down. We have a view that Jesus was paying a fee 
to the devil when in fact he was offering himself as an atonement for sin so that the new covenant could be established and get the keys of the kingdom back. He, has, he was entering a covenant with God and man so man and God can be one. John 17, 3, that we would know God. And I just want to release, I just feel right now we're to break off lies. And um, I just... I just I just release your presence of God right now into people's homes. And I just, I just release this false, this false dichotomy that God is distant and the devil's close. The devil's outside and God's on the inside. That, the devil, that, that God is near and the devil is, is scared of you. That you are more than a conqueror. That you have a father that loves and adores you and wants to wants you to rend your heart like the heavens were rendered and broken out at the coming of Messiah when he was baptized and the dove comes down and the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That Jesus represented God. Colossians 1 says he's the exact representation of the father. And I'm telling you, I've looked that word up in the Greek and it means exact. That in the last days, you've heard it through the prophets, but in these days, Jesus has come to reveal the Father. He is the exact imprint of his nature. And he wants to, and I just, my prayer for us as a church and as a community is that we wouldn't just have a contractual understanding of who God is, but that we would actually have an experiential understanding of who God is, that we would experience his presence, we would experience his love. And I'm not preaching experiential Christianity, that we live by faith, not by experience. But what I am saying is that we would, we would be able to confidently look in a mirror and say, I'm a partaker of the divine nature of God. I've been taken from the world of the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. I have a father who's for me. And with the swirl of wind of doctrines and things that are going on in the world right now, that if my mind is set on the things of man, it's actually rooted in the demonic. If my mind is focused on the things of man, uh, I think it's in Acts 4, it says, uh, or no, uh, Corinthians, Paul rebukes people because he says, you're thinking like me, mortals. <laughs> and in my prayer, this, I mean, I just, I often say this, but I'm like, it would be strange for my children to go through Kim to get to me. That would be weird. That would be strange if my kids went through Lise or Dave or someone else to get to their father. And my f uh, healthy fear is, is that... Um, even today, and I praise God for Martin Luther, you know, who, who um, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, who, um, who was able to, you know, break down some barriers in the church that where it was, we can have our own personal relationship with God. We can come to God ourselves individually, but also corporately as family, that we come and feast at the table of the Lord that we feast on his bread of life, that we feast on the river, that we drink of the living water, that we, that we drink of the new wine. That's what, he, that's what he calls it. That's what the Bible calls it is the new wine. You know, he doesn't put new wine in, in an old wine skin. No one does that. Why? So what is he, what's the picture? He gives us a new nature so that the new wine, the spirit of God can be poured in. It's the, the jars at the wedding uh, analogy of six clay jars which represents man with water inside and the spirit of God comes in and makes those six clay jars supernatural wine to be poured out at a feast do you know there are more feasts in the bible than fast and everyone said hallelujah <laughs> right and but it's it's true the this in this Ephesians uh, one prayer is my prayer for us is that um that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's not talking about intellectual knowledge. It's talking about a yard of knowledge. I'm a, I love theology. I love the intellect. I'm not diminishing the intellect. Um, in fact, it, it gets enhanced, right? Having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Do you know we get God, he gets us. He gets you. That's his cry is he wants you and he wants to be 
in you and with you and around you and be involved in everything that you do. And, and my prayer is that we would have these encounters with God, that we would transcend the natural in, in a way that we would, we would become partakers of the divine nature, that we would learn what it means to feast on his spirit, learn what it means to be led by his presence, that we would host his presence, that there would be a, a um, you know, if Jesus walked into my house, how would I host him? Would I give him access to everything in the, in the, uh, in the house? Or would I not allow him to go in a certain areas that I would be I would be laid stripped naked before the Lord and say come and come and cut me where I need to be cut come and minister to me I just break the lie of shame right now over people I just break the lie of shame there are people out there that you've had um, things and lies that you've believed because you've had earthly fathers and the way they've treated you or you've had things happen to you where injustice has has, justice hasn't taken place and you've let bitterness, you've drunk the poison of bitterness and jealousy and envy and you've kept God at a distance and God's knocking saying, I want to come into your home and I want to encounter you. I want to come. And this is what the Lord began to me. He said, son, come close. I want to embrace you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I'm your father. I got this. And some of us, it, even in our, uh, maybe we're older in life, some of us just need to let go of pride and come before him humbly and say, you know, like Psalm 22, he's not turned his face against you. He's not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of your wrong. He's not afraid of your frailty, your weakness. He's not like, oh, shivers, Jesus. Holy Ghost, they sinned. You know, like, he's not doing that. He's a good Good, good, good father. If you want to know what he's like, Jesus represented him. But I, feel, I just pray and release an encounter for people this morning. There are some of you who have been hurt by church. You've, been, you've, you've not stepped foot inside a church building in the last six and a half months. No, no, none of us have. <laughs> no, but in a long time. That was a joke, sorry. In a long time. You haven't been in a community because you're afraid of being hurt. Guess what? The more vulnerable you are, you can't tell me that Judas portraying Jesus didn't hurt him. He would have wept. You can't tell me that Peter portraying Jesus and denying him didn't hurt him. But he didn't smite him. He said, come, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Religion says when we do something wrong, we run from God. Christianity is when we do something wrong, we run to God. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just want to release that encounter. I just, Father, I, just, I, I don't know where else to go with this other than that God would come and intimately know you. He's, he's made a date with you. Church, he's made a date for you. We often like, oh, you've got to put time aside for God. God has put time aside for you. He's got a date in my calendar with me. Father wants to take you on a date and wants to know you. And I know some of you men might find that hard. You're like, oh, that's a bit of a weird concept to go and date my, a father that I, I can't see, but I, I can't feel and touch but I, I, know, I believe the Lord wants to release encounters. There's a grace for people that, would, that he wants to release. He wants that. He wants, he's knocking on the door saying, let me come in. I want to embrace you. I want to say, son, daughter, it's going to be okay. One encounter with the presence of God can ruin your life forever in a good way. I mean ruin in a good way. If you don't believe me, there was this guy called Saul that was persecuting Christians. He got knocked off his donkey pretty quick. <laughs> and that ruined him. It changed the trajectory of his life, one encounter. And that's my prayer, that we would encounter, we would, we would encounter his love. We would be singular focused in our pursuit that we wouldn't take this meat and this meat and this meat and this meat, that we would 
open our hearts up just to embrace the presence of God in our home right now. So if, you, if you're sitting watching this, just, just pause right now. Just let the Spirit of God, I said to Shen, I want to usher in an encounter for people. I said, I don't know how, how to do this, but I don't, I don't, I, I'm released. I feel like he's sending the word, like he sent the word with the Syrophoenician woman, that he's sending the word right now. That lies has just been broken off of people. If anyone knows my story, you know my story of, of natural fathers. But you have a father that is the father to the fatherless. He hasn't turned his back against you in the midst of maybe your hardest moment. Jesus sweated blood knowing he was going to the cross. A uh, scientific phenomenon that they, scientists say can happen. But I pray we'd become partakers of his divine nature, not the nature of the world, not the nature of politics, not the nature of the, the swirl that's going on in our world right now, that our faith and trust will be built on the rock. It wouldn't be built on the shifting sand. It would be built on him and him alone. In the uncertainty of our world right now, I pray there would be a rock-solid faith and it's going to be okay. Come and sit on my lap, the Father says. Come and be embraced by a dad. Some of you need to learn how to be a son again. Some of you learn, need to learn how to be a daughter. Guess what? You never outgrow your sonship. You never graduate from being a son. You never graduate from being a daughter. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close, but I... I um, I pray we would feast on the bread of life and we would drink from the living water that is so satisfying to our soul, so satisfying to our, our spirit man. And I just encourage you as we, you know, we're going to get announcements today in the natural, whatever the case, whatever the case that we would, today we would, we would let the Spirit of God minister to me. What's he like? That's my, my prayer is that when we get to heaven, we're not surprised how good he is, that we know him. Eternity starts in the heart. This is eternal life, that you would yada God, that you would know God, that his presence, his spirit, he's a spirit, his spirit. You would learn to host his presence. You would learn to, what's he like? What does he think like? What is he, what's he doing? What's he doing right now? What's he want to do? Yeah, Holy Spirit, just minister to people right now. Minister to people's hearts right now. Just pause if you're watching on the screen or you're watching this back. You would minister. Your presence would just begin to minister. There are people who you've wrestled with your mind. You, you say, you'd say, no, I can't. How can I possibly? Um, and I, what I'd love actually is, is um, there's people, sorry, I'll finish that thought. There's people that have wrestled in their mind that how they're in a situation and then they cannot see any, a way out. You know, we have a God that's just really good at, defying the impossible. <laughs> Dead raising's pretty up there. <laughs> um, I'd love people to send in if they don't mind, um, just privately if, if that's okay, but I really believe people are going to be set free of things today. Um, of depression, of anxiety. That's not your lot. God wants you to prosper and be in good health. That's what the Bible says. You've got everything you need for life and godliness. And often when I preach this, there's, there's that little bit of a, oh, like I'm struggling. It's, it's okay to struggle in that sense of, of being vulnerable with the Lord. There's no guilt or shame there. He wants you to come as you are. He doesn't want you to come cleaned up. He wants you to come as you are. But he's given us a spirit of sound mind, self-control. What we give attention to will grow in our life. And he's an extremely good father. And the moment we realise that is the moment you and I can represent the father to a dying world. To a world that's 
looking for hope. I said in, in, at the beginning, there's one thing that's sure, is every one of us will die at some point. And I'd encourage you, there's another thing that is sure, that if you put your hope and faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. And my prayer is that every one of us would experience the depth and the love of God that I have and so many others have of how good our God is, that he's an extremely extremely good father who wants his children back. He wants his kids back. And he's in hot pursuit of his kids. And, um, and, and he wants to encounter you. He wants to experience you and you experience him. And, and I just feel there are people that have been struggling with sickness right now. I just release the healing power of God through this screen. That you would send us testimonies of the breakthrough that you're going to be healed of your ailments right now because the good father paid for it. I just pray for financial miracles right now in people's lives that are struggling with hardship, that you would receive um, uh, money in your bank account, that you would receive um, gifts in the mail, that you would receive financial breakthrough like never before. In the midst of a, a pandemic, you would prosper. I pray for a recalibration of what our, who our God is in our life, that those that have been hurt and wounded by people would put a faith and a trust in a God that will never hurt them, that will never shame them, that will never disappoint, that is as close as the air is that I breathe, that is as close as the skin that I touch, that we have an Abba Father who's just longing, longing to know you and you to know him. Oh, yeah, but Liam, he knows everything about me. Yeah, I know, but he just likes doing relationship with you. Awesome. Thank you, Lord, for your presence right now. Thank you that it's here. It's in this room, but I just know that it's in us and that it would come out like live, rivers of living water. That we have a dead-raising, Holy Spirit-powering, victorious presence dwelling in our mortal body and you'd be released in homes today in jesus name amen happy father's day love you all we miss you like crazy town and um yeah please send in testimonies i, I really feel the, the grace of god on this this morning which is why i changed twice <laughs> my my message um and, and just to usher in an encounter with God and that we would become partakers of his divine nature. We are going to win and we're going to come victorious out of this church. We're going to become um, stronger. I feel like the Lord's sharpening th things in people's lives. Um, I'm not going to let what the enemies tried to take in our state and our nation define who we are. Uh, I, just, I just can't. I'm not giving him that much authority and that much power. Uh, as Bill Johnson says, I love it, that we, you know, we should probably just give the enemy, uh, look at him long enough in the scope to pull the trigger. That's how much attention we need to give him. And um, I'm, I feel that way for us, that it's, I'm not giving him this much attention. He's not worthy of it. God's worthy of, the, of all our affection and our attention. And when I focus on the devil, it's just long enough to, to pop the trigger. So, amen. All the hunters said amen. <laughs> Bless you. Have a great Father's Day. And um, next week, Lani is preaching. So get pumped up for that first time. And, uh, and then the following week, we have Catherine Ruanala, um, not physically with us, but she's going to be giving a word from her home. So live. it's going to be uh, live. Yes, as well. So awesome. Bless you guys. Have a great week.